Wendy White is Julie Jansen. Julie Jansen is Wendy White. Curious? Listen in this week because Miss White has quite a story to tell. Like a sparrow building shelter with branches for its young. My mother built a nest with love for her little ones. My grandfather told her it doesn't matter what you have. The only thing you need for life is each other's helping hands. Never the empty nest, my mother always says. Spread your wings and fly, you can always come back to rest. Never the empty nest, my mother always says. Wherever you may go to grow, this will always be your home. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Never the Empty Nest. Today, there's just two of us and a guest, a super spectacular guest. I'm Vanessa. I'm Nicole. And we have with us today, Wendy White, artist, writer, multidisciplinary, just magic person. Is that a good play- way <laughs> Yeah, to magic is a good word for Wendy. Magic person? I think so. Yes, teacher. Um... So we're going to have a very fun conversation today. As I'm looking at Wendy on the screen, there are l- pictures of like kids' drawings all around her from the classes she teaches for um, art classes for kids. So it's the best background ever. So hi, Wendy. Hi, Vanessa. Hi, hi Nikki. Hi, Wendy. <laughs> I should call you Lady V or LV, which is, we have nicknames for each other. Yes, Wendy calls me Lady V which is kind of like the best nickname ever. Yeah, totally. (laughs) So we go way back and we're going to go into that for sure. But first, why don't we talk about what today was like for everybody? Nick, you want to go first? Sure. Mine isn't that exciting. Um, I did a lot of cleaning, (laughs) cleaning up and just work out. And it was kind of a, you know, chill day, except tomorrow is Joachim's birthday. (gasps) And his vaccine then. Yes. So he turns five tomorrow. And as everyone knows that listens to the podcast, I stress out a lot about Joachim not being vaccinated yet because he has an underlying condition. So finally he turns five tomorrow um i was gonna literally take him first thing in the morning but i was like poor guy what if he feels like shitty for two days and he has his birthday party saturday morning at a park and so i'm gonna take him right after that on saturday just in case i would just take him yeah but i can't because then he has his physical friday morning and so i don't know if that's gonna affect if he gets a fever and they're gonna check all his things i would take him tomorrow but do whatever you want you think i should just take him tomorrow morning and just i get that shot in his arm and just get it over with because i know know. i'm I'm torn no No, i'm not torn but you're the decision maker i'll probably i mean i was convinced just to take him first thing in the morning and then jonathan it's the thing to do got in my head but, you know, he, I'm sure he'll be fine if I take him tomorrow. We just have to deal with him kind of feeling... Ugh. He might he might not at all. He might not. He might not at all. Lily didn't. No. He shed a sore arm. And they're it. the same, you know... Yeah. You know, whatever. Made of the same stuff. <laughs> yeah, the, the stuff inside <laughs> is the same, sort of. <laughs> On my end, I'm just going to say there might be some noise in the background because 
what is that? What are they called? The rotor rooter or something? I don't know. But oh, they're gosh. going to fix the Plumbing. toilet because the oh. toilet broke. Ooh, and that's your and only toilet. <laughs> exactly. Since we have a oh, 1926 yes, house, they used to, I guess they just all shared bathrooms back then. All and of the houses from that time mm-hmm. are like three bedroom, one bath, four bedroom, one yeah. bath. I'm like, how? They're like 16 bedrooms. Yeah. One and a half bath. And the bath is like <laughs> tiny. <laughs> we have a lot of children and one bath yeah really how it is yeah yeah it's so weird yes we obviously need to at some point invest in building another bathroom but for sure doing that anytime in the like super super near future but maybe i mean you never know you never never say never again do you remember (laughs) do you know where that's from uh fievel fievel yeah when the bird's like oh my god i had forgotten all about that movie and then i saw it with lily please don't talk oh my god yeah anyway it's heavy it's intense i'm gonna add one thing the kids haven't started summer camp yet so they've been at our rehearsals for the show that we're doing and that's been super interesting as taika said today rehearsal is boring (laughs) i was like okay well my kids were at amparo rehearsals all the time it it's was not a lot. boring. It's not it's boring. Just that it's I'm just not playing with them nonstop. Yeah, it's hard when you're like trying to do things there and they interrupt you every five minutes. Yeah. What's really funny is that we were in the middle of rehearsal and I was like, they're really bored and they can't stand this anymore. Like they were they were watching TV and they were doing whatever and I was just like trying to give them little things to do. But if you're in the rehearsal, you don't realize what's going on in my brain. You know, like in terms of like also trying to get them to be all right, and so. At some point, I went to the kitchen and I was like, hey, Taika, come, bring the learning station. Let's make Rice Krispie Treats, except with Cheerios. Do you remember that with like the marshmallows where you melt them and the whole thing? Oh, yeah. So at the end of the rehearsal, there were these treats and Vicky was like, when did you make this? When did this happen? <laughs> How do we have these here? I was like literally in a, in a moment where she was talking to him that I was like, oh, this is not going to require the writer. I went to the kitchen and did it. But anyway, Wendy. Yes, that's how amazing. Was your day? Thank you. you both. Uh, so great to be with you again. Thank you for the beautiful introduction. Well, how was your day today? Uh, my day was my day. Let's see. It was went pretty well. I have a day job, so I'm, I navigate through it and I've learned to go with the flow. Of lots What's of day, day job? I was about to ask what your day job is because it's um, usually kind I, of like clerical stuff, right? Or administrative. Yes. I've always yeah. had uh, wound up with admin jobs. So this is, I'm now a paralegal for the city attorney for the city of Fort Myers. So it's a very, it's all, they're very different environments. So. That sounds stressful. Is it stressful? It, at times it is. At times. Wow. This That's... from the woman who last week or two weeks ago was at Khan. Yeah, Khan's film, film festival. Because yeah. she is a superstar. Because okay. her film about her life, she has a short film called uh, Roses Are Blind. And it's based on her own life. And we're totally going to talk about it. But it's won like every award under the sun. Literally. It's amazing. So, the laurels take over the poster. You know how you go to you yes. go to like places and you're like, oh, there's like those six laurels. Hers is like all laurels. It's you the can't whole see poster. Them. It's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. 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 So the the movie's called and that's the short. And we have we can talk a little bit later about the full length that's coming. Right. We'll do a little I'm teaser. So excited. But you haven't said the name. Roses are blind. Oh, okay. Roses are blind. I didn't I didn't hear you say the the title. So yeah. Sorry. There you go. Uh, and it's Wendy, you wrote it, the short with someone else. Yes. 
Who's the other writer? The other writer is Guy Agostini. Oh, the other writer is Guy also? Yes, I thought he just he directed covered. it. Okay. Yeah, he did that as well. And Guy Agostini is the director, who's oh, amazing. Yeah. I love. Yes. I don't know Guy, but I just love that name. And yeah. he's connected with Wendy, so like, can I, I would love to meet him. He's super yeah. nice. Yeah. Super nice, super caring, super loyal. Yeah. And persevering with me yeah. through this whole process and always giving me pep-up talks and just a great guy, which yeah. Vanessa recently has been able to meet. So the short is about, so you, you follow this girl who's like having this like, you know, it looks like this like little college crisis that's happening, you know, like you have when you're in college. She's 19. And all of a sudden, her friend, her roommates like go see the psychic and she goes to see this psychic Addison. And he tells her that she has a triplet. And she's like, No, I'm a twin. What are you talking about? And she's like, No, you have a triplet. And she kind of starts remember, like she is like, what's going on? I have to confront my parents. What's happening? Is this real? Is this what's going on? So she confronts her parents and they freak out to a point where you, the audience, are like, oh, there's a secret here that's being hidden. What is it? What's going on? And then this guy, Uncle Oscar, comes along and like shoots her up with Thorazine and takes her away. And then she wakes up in Ward 9, which is essentially a mental institution. And that's how the short ends. It's like very thriller and it's sort of like a teaser for a bigger thing, right? So at first you're like, wow, that's really intense and, and it's fiction, but knowing Wendy, it's based on a true story. So Wendy, can you tell us the story that it's based on, like a bit about your life and how it inspires this movie? Okay, sure thing. Uh, basically, the, what you see in the movie and also, I, I'll share that I wrote a play first. That was the first script I wrote about what happened. What you see in the movie is dramatized based on true life events. And even when I wrote the play, I kind of had to bring out certain things based on true life to make it work in the theater. So it's kind of a combination of so many different events. So it, it, it'll appear linear when you see it, but mm-hmm. yet from, from life, it's a synopsis. <laughs> yeah, uh, Perhaps... Um, few years in my life in my early late 19 early early 20s and the challenges I had with uh, my family and what I needed to overcome and did overcome a little bit about the story I it basically is based on what happened I was in search of self and a, a dear friend recommended I go to a very famous psychic in the city and he was a psychic for the stars uh, and I was a little reluctant to go and eventually did go because I, I had actually, I was on the track team at Barnard and then just being a good Samaritan, I wound up saving this, this homeless man's dog in the subway. <laughs> so it was kind of like really to this, which is part of the play and also the scene in the movie, which I just very challenging for me to let go of as you know. Yeah. And yet when I did come back to campus, my roommate recommended I do go to the psychic again and and I wound up giving in because I was really in search of self and needing some direction. I was pre-med at the time. I was fulfilled my medical school requirements. I was also training for the 80 Olympics. I was, I guess, a junior Olympiad captain of the Barnard track team. <laughs> and yet I was just not sure what to do with my life being an artist or a doctor. And so I did go to the psychic and it was really cool. When I walked in, he had, you know, eight by 10 glossies of the stars and 
I know it's an older generation, both of you, but Danny Kay was his go-to. Um, uh, Danny Kay used him as a psychic. And that was an example. This is something from the 40s and 50s, famous star. But I kind of knew I was walking into the real thing. That kind of precipitated what happened next when he basically said, your sister, your sister is here. What? I don't have a sister. I have a twin brother. And that led to the events that you'll see what did happen in my life, the confronting parents and discovering that there was a family secret that my father said was true, my mother did not. And it just led to an incredibly uncomfortable journey, and including at one point my, my family, my uncle committed me to an institution near, near campus, St. Luke's, mm-hmm. for a short time, but it was against my will and unfortunately misdiagnosed by him and I had to like just prove myself that I was normal, mm-hmm. quote unquote. It was it was quite an experience. And one of my roommates at the time was a young woman. She was 14, 15. And uh, I changed her name to Yolanda in the script, but she had nine personalities. And it was the first time I ever experienced, first of all, I didn't know that those places existed. I was very naive, right. naive to it. Then waking up to a place I didn't didn't know where I was and then having this roommate and Talk about navigation of the day job and all the, the stresses that I had to just, my spirit is to navigate where I am to survive. And mm-hmm. that's what the play is about, that journey. The play that, that you wrote and then the short. Exactly. And then the short sort of like capsulizes that like first little section until you get to the institution. Exactly. And and so your nest, it was a little bumpy, I'm getting chills on that. Yes, mm-hmm. I, I was thinking last night about our, I'm so honored and blessed to be interviewed by you both because you have become my family, but uh, not no buts, but it, you truly are my family, uh, which I treasure and love, all of your family members. Uh, yeah. That's another story of how we met. And mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll get into that. We'll that's the fun part. Yeah. Yes, it is fun. <laughs> my nest, uh, yes, um, I think... I'm more like the eagle, where I was kicked out of the nest very young, and you make it or you don't, you fly right away as an eagle, or you don't, and I didn't really have that safe harbor nest that most people do. I don't want to give away an end to the film, but one of the the stories is that after meeting with therapies, they had released me on on the premise that I never live home again. So talk about a nest and a home. That you never live at home again. Correct, sorry. And so with that regard, I started living with other friends and roommates and had about 25 moves before the time I was 30 to find a home. But my early, early beginning of a nest, yeah, I don't have the traditional foundation that you would have by having a stable mom and dad or Mm -hmm. uh, grandparents or a support system that we conventionally hope to have so I just I didn't know I didn't have it actually when I was younger but when I stayed at my friend's houses and I saw what they conventionally had I knew there was something different I mean I guess at this point we should probably say that Wendy and I are are working together on the the full-length film version of this and um Guy who was the director of the short is going to is completely a, a third part of it as a as a you know the third producer on it and everything and it's just extraordinary as someone who um, both knows Wendy and then also 
in researching both, like Wendy has an alter ego in her writing called Julie Jansen. And so she's written like thousands and thousands of plays. And yes. I mean, I don't know if they're in the thousands, but they're definitely in the multiple high hundreds. Yes, they are. Of Julie Jansen is at the center and it's like her, her, it's her alter ego, you know, but she does different things. And, and so and there was also like a lot of binders. And at some point, Wendy gave me all her, her binders of, of journaling and Julie Jansen's. And I, I read through everything. And then several years later, which brings us to years later, which brings us to this moment, we are making this screenplay and this film together, which is very exciting. We don't know when it's going to like be out or out there. We're very much in the development stage and getting the thing done and all of that. But it's coming off of the success of the short. And as someone who's who's reading the story in these binders and also who knows Wendy and hears all these things and then also researching around it, there was just so much going on in institutions that was horrible, specifically to women. Women were in there for nagging, literally. Like, that's why they had been committed. They were committed for things that were probably things like postpartum depression mm -hmm. that was incorrectly diagnosed. Yeah. They were being committed for reasons like you, Wendy, which is like, why is she asking all these questions? She's crazy. And she's then, and look how crazy she's being. And this, and then all of a sudden you're in an institution. PMS would be another one. Just Amazing. regular hormonal yeah. cycle. Unbelievable that that was even allowed that, and you could just go in there and be like, this person is acting out. They're crazy, you know, quote unquote yeah. crazy. Yeah, that word. Well, we don't that. like to use that word, but you've learned that. I don't. That's like to what use they that. say. I mean, that's what yeah. the, I'm sure. That's what what word was used. Um, no, yeah, course, you don't. I, I'm assuming you don't like it for that very reason, that's right? It's, reason. right? It's thrown around a lot. Yeah. It's, it is thrown around a lot. It shouldn't. Mm -hmm. And when you're in, in that sort of environment, you do react. So when you react, it's also then you're punished by more medications. Right. So you become the thing that they think you have. It's yes. Like, it's uh, very infinite. surreal. Oh, a horrible cycle. I'm sure there's so many people back in the day that didn't have that were there for either forever or for way too yeah. long that eventually kind of lost their mind because yeah. to be in, you know what I mean? It's so sad. Yeah. I mean, it's what Wendy just said. It's this thing where they put you there and you become the thing that they yeah. force you to become because yeah. you're stuck. And so many people were stuck. You had the grace of having a doctor who, and or a few that, you know, gave you and like, you can sign yourself out of here, and you can live a life, you know, and helped you in that way, which I don't know if that's the case for a lot of people that got stuck there, you know, yeah. it's, it's so dark. But the light at the end of it is that Wendy is a light, you know, she's like, she became an artist, she got out, she became an artist, she's lives in, well, I won't say where she lives, but she lives on a little island <laughs> in florida which is like this like again it's like magical land it's all green lush you could hear the crickets you know like and i hear all the the natural sounds around it it's beautiful you teach kids art and you like you said you've always survived on a day job during the day and then you make your art and you bring julie forward and wendy forward but do you want to talk a little bit about how we met because that's a super fun story Oh, sure. It was um, actually with, regarding to writing. I've been writing a journal since I'm 10 years old. So those journals are always with me. I still, as a, as you still a have all I'm, your journals. I still have a little? little composition book. Yes, I do. Amazing. So I'm always like writing <gasps> little notes. So that's an example of our, my life. So when it was time to first look at 
roses. I did give Vanessa most of my journals. That's super special. She had gone through them. But regarding how we met, it's in line with the journals because there's an alum at Barnard. I, and when I moved to Florida from New York, I relocated back. Um, so I we both, back. let me, let me just yeah, explain. We both went to Barnard College in New York City at two different times. But go ahead, Wendy. So when yes. you refer to Barnard, it's it's that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I graduated Barnard in, I guess I'll give the year 81. And I'm very active. I became class president, first class correspondent for 10 years. Now I've been class president for 30 years. But um, I'm very active in the Alumni Association because I graduated with a full scholarship and made it through this time. And I always want to give back. So when I moved to Florida, an alum who's probably 20 years older than me reached out and said, why don't we have a reading of your plays as a gathering of the South Florida Barnard Alumni Group? And then I was really honored, and I put together about eight of them with a group of actors that I met, including Cyril, which who you know and knew. And then I guess the release went out to all of Barnard. So Vanessa wrote back so so politely to Anne, saying, I'm a playwright and an artist, and I'm sorry I can't make Wendy's reading. And basically, I don't even know if you asked to be in touch. I said, I yeah, I said, hey. I, on my side, I get this alum notice that says, here's this playwright, art, visual artist that lives in Florida and went to Barnard and she's doing this reading and there was all this information about her. And I was like, oh my God, that's what I do because I'm a visual artist and play and we went to Barnard. So it's like, okay, this is super cool. Why don't I know this person? And obviously you had just moved. So I said, hey, Anne, I see that you're the contact for this. I can't go, but like, can you introduce me to this person so that we could hang out? And um, she did. Wendy, was the first meeting that we had in the beach where you asked about, was that the first one? It was the first meeting. I You wrote to me, it, I just found the emails in December of 2007, <laughs> which is how far back we go. Yeah. And then um, you were coming back or I was available. We were going to have a lunch mm-hmm. to get to meet each other. I actually wanted to talk about Roses Are Blind with you at that time. <laughs> I think I even brought the script with me and you were... You had just won an award. Oh, it was Nigeria. Nigeria. Yes, sorry. Oh. Nigeria. Willy Sayinka? Yeah, I was going to wow. go to Nigeria. It was the Rolex Award. Yeah. Yes, the Rolex Award. So oh that was super God, exciting yes. for me. We were basically, it was amazing. We were mirroring each other and you're already so accomplished. And I was so honored to meet you and so grateful. So there's an instant connection. I gave you the script and you were about to go there. So that's where it started. And then you were like... Hey, I'm going to Amsterdam. Do you want to come? We're going to do this play. We're going to do plays in Amsterdam. Do you want to come? And I was like, yeah. That's where I came in. And that's That's where Nikki comes in. (laughs) Actually, I met Wendy. I think you came to Cloud Cuckoo Land. Yes, I I was there. The one person in the audience. The the one person other than our family in the audience. No, literally. There were days where it was one person. And I think Wendy came to one of those. Cloud Cuckoo Land was my first play, which we produced. And... We interestingly put all the money in the production and then did no, no marketing. So that was really smart. It's like the mistakes you make as a rookie. Oh, yeah. We had, we had no idea how to do anything. It was nope. a mess. I yeah. thought it was a beautiful play. I was laughing and applauding. I love the play. I, I wish more people would have. I mean, I wish we kind of knew how to go about doing all of that. We should redo it. No. No. That was like the first play I ever wrote. I'm glad that people didn't see it. But it was fun. I mean, for me, it was fun. It was It was fun. So literally, you were the only person in the audience. I didn't realize that. That day you were, I think. I think I was. Yeah, there were 
That's true. Maybe. Anna went, like, friends and family. Like, that's it. Yes, friends and family. No, well, that's how we met Christine Dolan, who was, was the art critic and the, the theater critic. And she went and wrote this lovely review. Oh, Christine and, like, Dolan. I love her. And then I started a relationship with her. So yes. that's actually the very, yeah. She's like, who is this wild person? doing this random play <laughs> with so, so many pearls in that play and then i took the elevator and Amel- amelia Earhart was in the elevator with me the one who played that yeah role. she was a character in the play so yeah. then i wrote um a poem to you about i was in the ele- elevator with amelia Earhart today <laughs> <laughs> it's random amsterdam was fun Amsterdam was fun. You can talk about amsterdam okay so then that's that one thing led to another and then i was invited to produce uh, i've been going to amsterdam since it's a random windy thing but i i used to exhibit paintings in the east village mm-hmm. and then a bunch of artists came from amsterdam in 1987 mm-hmm. and they chose my paintings to be an exchange show so i i started going to amsterdam then and then met people there it was basically every year i didn't even know what amsterdam was when i went there but it, a magical world and then I went back to Amsterdam I think it was um, in the early 2000s and then I met someone who owned a theater and he was so interested in in what I do theatrically that he actually encouraged me to put on Roses of Blind in Amsterdam that was a year before and then when I met you which was turned out to be how I put it I really focused the script even more and then he invited us back next year was when we, we had met so I had actually gone back to New York and one of my day jobs is to help. I got called back to help the World Trade Center, the rezoning redevelopment after yeah. Ground Zero. So, But I hadn't been involved with theater in New York as much. So I, luckily I met, met you, Vanessa, and I asked, hey, would you like to come with me to Amsterdam? We have a theater. Like, to, Would you like to put on your play there? And within a minute or less than a second, you said yes. <laughs> So, yeah it's a divine spark and we've always had that electricity between us that it was awesome it was, it was awesome and ozzy came ozzy came i'm gonna have you we Nikki, did talk parked. about yeah we did parked which you can talk about in a second but i just want to say that the play we did two plays we did one of wendy's and one of mine right and they were back to back which we then repeated this group that's right here in a different way in edinburgh when we went to the edinburgh fringe festival and put on two plays and that was also Super fun. The one that you had, speaking of nests, it was like a forgiveness and coming to terms with all of your ancestors and the entire lineage of your family. Yes, seven Generations, true. I think it was called. It's called yes, Seven Generations. That's right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I, I actually was channeling going back and I, little snippets of the stories my father told me and my grandma told me. And by going through each generation, it was asking forgiveness and my family has had heart issues, and I was pre-med. I was so concerned about inheriting heart issues. That's also why I work out so much. Mm-hmm. But I, I was reading about healing your totem and going back in time. It's not only healing you in this generation. If you heal other generations, you won't inherit anything that comes yeah. forward. So that was yeah. the premise of that play. So it was all very grounding and healing. And forgiveness was all about how I've gone forward. I mean, in terms of this conversation, I think it's a very powerful thing. And then, Nikki, we did Park. Do you want to talk about that? I'd rather you talk about it. All right. (laughs) Just saying. I mean, I love it. For me, that was Well, you could. Yeah, go ahead. I love that play, by the way. It's just a two-person play. It was just me and Ozzy back and forth. It was like heavy, heavy dialogue. I remember being super stressed because it was like the first time I had so much on me on stage. So it was a great experience. I should say what it was about. It was about two architects who. Yes. 
are given this project and they have to make this building in a place where everything else has failed. So like everything has failed in this spot. Well, and and I had a very different idea than uh, Your partner. my partner, uh, yep. who was, we were very good friends, right? It was a lot mm-hmm. packed in there. And then he, was he in love with me? So there was a lot of things going on yeah. there. So it was, but really underlying, it was like about Palestine and... Uh, originally it was like there was all this like palestine and israel stuff but then when people saw it because being parked on an issue yes being parked on an issue but also the fact of exactly and reconstructing around a certain spot and who owns the spot and what is right. it and what does this right. place mean and what is space and how do you reconstruct space where everything fails and what is failure and all that stuff and the thing that happened to me was that like people were saying oh this is a 9-11 play mm-hmm. And it's going back to your job that you had, right? Yes. When, you know, is like, I wrote it right after 9-11. And I feel like that infused it. What do you build in that spot? Absolutely. You know? So it was very interesting to hear other people respond to it. But like, anyway, there was this part about, you're talking about like the Jewish element of like, there's a speech where he's in the, one of them is in the archives of like Germany and they're looking through all these things and you guys were rehearsing in the line. Do you remember this? Yes, of Anne Frank. Of the Anne Frank Museum. That was really bizarre. We were practicing, we were going over our lines, going over our lines because again, it was very new, a new play that Vane had just written and it was so dialogue heavy and we were both like, oh my God. And so we would just walk around even on our one day of sightseeing that we had, um, we were just going over and we were just like, man, this is so bizarre and eerie that we're saying these lines in line <laughs> going into Anne Frank's. What, that day really, like, there's a picture of my face coming out of that. Yeah. And it's just so heavy. Yeah. I'll never forget that feeling. It's, I agree with that. Oof. That place is one of those places that yeah. you just, yeah, the Anne Frank Museum, which really, is the house. Yeah, the house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, and Where she have, hid. Right. Yeah, and you can go up, and and you don't even realize like how tiny even like the entrance, the little corner, is yeah, mm-hmm. to go up, and just to think that you had because uh, they couldn't. Uh, anyways, that's that's a whole other thing, but it was a lot. And then we went to Rembrandt's house. Rembrandt's house was awesome, and it was like a t- a, a totally different feeling. And thankfully, we did that after. <laughs> and was, then we went to the Van Gogh fun. Museum. Van Gogh, yeah. Amsterdam is awesome, by the way. I mean, lots of stuff to do there and see. There was a lot of like political themes in your plays at that time, I feel, or at least underlying. At that time? I know, always. But I mean, (laughs) I know, always. What am I saying? Because right after that, we did stuff about 9-11 too and the Harlequin play. Wendy, we did so much together. We did so much. At that time, Wendy, we were all like, Always around each other and creating. Yes. That was such a great... Even in our the shoe store, what was that? We did like all those little shorts. Shoes in a show. Shoes in a show. We had a... We, when my father passed away, we took over his shoe store for a while uh, during probate. Look oh at Wendy. Wendy's showing uh, the poster. It's called a shoe store. That's amazing. She's showing us a... a Talk about being sentimental. I know. You put together... It's like a... What are these called? Like a... Um, Curio box? Yeah, it's a curio box. And when I was working, another play wrote Five Temps in a Closet. And that's my coworker came yeah. to the play and he loved the play so much because I, he, he was one of the characters because we were Aww. doing title work 
during the recession and just nightmare. But he created this as a gift. Oh my so god! Someone made him made a um... Sam and Fritz. This is their ticket, and then the card. Oh, that is, is so cool. They made you a I'll shadow box of that. Just to say to people what why that show came, that that particular show came about. So our father, my my sister and I. Uh, p- passed away suddenly and among the things that he had was a shoe store and we had to run it while everything was in probate before we could do anything with it and so essentially part of our life we ran a shoe store a huge part of my everyday it, life it was one year yeah but it was an intense freaking year and we were like were these two artists you know writer and actress and we're like well what are you gonna do with the shoe store and we would meet across the street every week to like go over the the numbers yeah. and yeah poor nikki had to go buy shoes and do all these things she Ugh. was there a lot and then i was there like, from 11 a.m to 11 p.m because we couldn't afford Amazing. employees <laughs> yep. no kidding yep and then we're like and you know what we're gonna do we're gonna do shoes and a show yes. shoes and a <laughs> show we're gonna do a play at night and then that people will buy so the I, shoes I, that's the best idea we ever had. No, <laughs> nobody bought the shoes. No one bought the shoes. Oh, to buy the shoes, but they came to the play. Yeah, they came to the play. N- not only did we not make money, but we probably bought like the wine that was there to yep. to give to people. AKA, we probably lost money. We, yeah. we lost a, like lots of money in those years. We but, lost a lot. Yeah. But we gained a lot. We gained a lot of experience and friends and uh, so many good things. Oh. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I just want to share that experience was immersive theater, I guess, and you kind of along with that. It was real example of that for doing the play right there. And I had done a lot of theater in uh, off, 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 off Broadway uh, <laughs> before I met you. We did Shakespeare in the parking lot down on Ludlow Street. Oh, I love and that. that. Was, so we just every summer just great fun. And then I had done uh, theater there. We did 94 plays in 94 days in a little storefront. So. I was very familiar with doing plays in stores. So when you yeah. said this, it was like, okay. That's so it. interesting. And just r- randomly going to cons, bringing it up to like two weeks, three weeks ago, there was, I met someone from Warsaw and the name of the movie was a Warsaw oh. Uprising. And they oh. had developed it, which is just hit my soul because my family was put in the Warsaw ghetto, unfortunately didn't live during the Holocaust. But she just, I met her and we connected and she could have been a cousin. She was in her young 20s, but she put goggles on me and the earphones. So they have new technology that actually you are immersed. It's like immersive theater. I was in the mm-hmm. tunnel. The film was the sound of being in the tunnel. I looked around and you could hear the bombs going off, the shooting, and you just, as if you're there live. So I wanted to share like what I'm excited about new technology wow. for roses is you never know. We can have the audience be right there in this institution to see what it's really like to not get out of a room. I mean, bringing it up to right. the blessings of yeah. technology. Oh, yeah. How we could experience it, which is com- it's already here. Yeah. Those things, um, I mean, all the VR experiences, they're, they're alive and kicking. But I, I just want to share, going back to our time, I think when we all connected, it was like instant family, theater family, and just so much fun. It made everything work. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It started theater, but then you came over for Christmas and you dressed oh, yeah, as yeah. an Easter bunny for my kids the other day. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy. To, I love how whenever how I do, are invited to your home. I do feel like I'm going home. Oh, yeah. I love that. Okay. Tell us the dream for roses. We're going to put the dream out yes. there in the world and then we're going to. Well, I was talking about uh, just before I haven't talked with you both about it, brought up the Fibonacci spiral. 
and how even our connection is part of a big infinite spiral. And now during the pandemic, where it was most challenging to get into film festivals because everything had to go online, not in person, I started getting invited to be in film festivals online. And that's where you see the laurels coming out. I didn't expect that to come in. So it's been a beautiful journey. And now Vanessa's saying yes to helping with the feature. The, the, the true dream in my heart, as always, has been is to have it as a full feature and have it being shared to the world. So the goal for the movie is so to get it out there to help so many people who are in similar circumstances to give them hope and faith, whether it be family struggles or handicaps that they feel they can't overcome, that they can overcome. And that's the goal to, to get it out there. I as a feature. So that's the big dream. And we seem to be so supported by it now. And I did promise my roommate at the time, uh, the name is Yolanda in the play, that I would one day come back and make a movie about her and what it was like to be there. So promise is a promise. I'd like to fulfill that promise. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's happening. Step one is almost done and we're moving it into the world. So let's put it out there for it to go out into the world far and wide best way to do these things. I'm just so glad it's happening because I remember yeah. back in the day you would share with us these stories of Julie Jansen. We're like, hello, this is what you need to concentrate on. This is like amazing. Like we would always mm-hmm. say that. And when I, I didn't know you were working on the short film, but, but then obviously when it was out there and you kept like getting all these awards, I'm like, yes, yes. Yeah. I, like we just knew when you know something is special, it's the, the story and just, I'm so happy it's out there and a hundred percent is going to be a feature and people are going to love it yeah so here's to roses and thank you for for being on the show it's been amazing talking to you thank you for having me always being part of our nest i love you both and to everyone else out there love you wendy join us next time on another episode of never the empty nest see ya All of your success, she says, all the great things ahead. I'll be here when it's time to see you again. And if you fall, she says, if someone breaks your heart, I'll mend your wounds in this nest of ours till you're ready to 